Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Callie Welch, the worship director here at Praise Community Church, and we're just really glad to have you here uh, joining us today. And I'm just going to quickly share a, a scripture here that's been on my heart, um, kind of an encouragement, and then we're just going to do a song of worship, and then we're going to get to hear from uh, Janie Dolan today for the message, and she's got a great word to share with you today. So uh, the scripture I want to read from is 1 Peter 1, and it's going to be verse 5 down through 9, and this is in the Passion Translation. Um, I love it because there's this... There's this um, real way it's just it's our language it's language that we would use um to speak to god i feel like through the passion translation so i just want to share this one with you that's been um it's full of color in my mind and how and how we would speak to god about our joy of being um, his children and followers and believing in him and having faith in him through the midst of hard stuff so it says in verse 5, Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be re revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy, even though lately you've had to put up with the grief of many trials. We can all relate to that at this point. Um, but these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes, for even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus the Anointed One is revealed. You love Him passionately, although you did not see Him. But though believing in Him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. For you are reaping the harvest of your faith, the full salvation promised you, your soul's victory. Maybe we don't all talk that way all the time, but maybe we should. I mean, these are, these are beautiful words, um, sublime, indescribable, immersed in glory. Um, but I just, I just want to, wanted to share that with you um, and encourage you today that, that even though we're going through these hard times right now where we can't see each other, we, we, this is our fifth Sunday where we haven't got to meet together. And um, there's uh, other places in the United States and in, in other nations that are going a lot longer than that. And so we're really holding on to this faith that we have in the Lord that He, he is the one that is refining us through this time. And that even though the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, God has not. And so what, he, what the enemy meant for harm will be used for the glory of those who love him. Um, and really, truly, we can see that he's refining us in this time where we can actually jump for joy um, because we know that this stuff is going to it's going to peel away the parts of us that aren't supposed to be here. There aren't, they don't belong in our relationship with God, truly. And so this is just this time of like, we get to shout and praise and, and, and dance before the Lord and really try to learn how to, to do that on our own in our secret time, but also with our families in a new way that we've maybe never experienced before that maybe even feels uncomfortable. And so I just wanna just um, challenge you and, and say, you know, today find, find ways to actually really truly act out this jumping for joy that, that we have this full salvation, this, we have this hope of glory with the Lord. Um, and this, this too will pass. And he is going to have his way in the midst of it. And so I, I wanted to um, have us just pray. And then we're going to go into this, the worship song, Tremble. And it's really great because it's talking about how Jesus' name makes the darkness tremble. That we don't have anything to fear. 
um, in the midst of all of this because we know who is really ultimately our provider, um, the one that gives us more than abundantly enough in these hard times. So Lord, we thank you so much for your presence, even right now where people are at home having church, this new time that's, um, that can be awkward, that can be challenging to step into and really truly feel like we're feeling your presence. But God, we know that you, you don't need a building. You don't even need a gathering of people to, to be present with us. But God, we're still gathered. We're gathered here in agreement together. We're gathered across the, the nation, praising your name. You said where two or three are gathered, there I am also. And Lord, we just thank you that even if we're alone in our houses today, worshiping, we know that you are with us. You've come and you've, you've joined us in this place, that your presence will be made known during this time. And we just thank you for all that you're doing through all the midst of this, that you are, you are truly refining us in the midst of this trial. And God, we just, we leap for joy in our spirit and our hearts that you are are everything. There's no one greater, there's no one higher. There's nothing that can come between us and your love. And so we just say thank you and we thank you again and again throughout this whole entire process. And Lord, we just praise you that you, you're walking beside those that are caring for people who are sick right now. Lord, I thank you that you're, you're walking beside the lonely. I thank you that you're walking beside those that are in financial strife right now. Lord, I, I thank you that you're walking beside business owners who are concerned about what the future looks like. Lord, I thank you that you, you are so far outside of time, that you've gone way ahead of us, and you have already been stepping into this moment before we ever did, that you've, you've gone way beyond what we can imagine or hope for, to, to care for us, to provide what we need in this time, both spiritually and physically, mentally, emotionally, all those places. You are present in all of it. As we set our hearts on you, Lord, as we go into a time of worship and, and a message, Lord, we turn our hearts to you, and we thank you that you are right there waiting. We love you. In your son's name, amen.
Greetings everyone from a socially safe distance. Um, my name is Janie Dolan, if you don't know me, and I am Pastor Jeff's wife and also the director of Living Free. And uh, so I'm gonna take an opportunity to share a message with you while, um, um, for the church at least, my husband is hunting this week. So I was originally scheduled to share um, the message for Sunday when we thought we were going to get to meet on Sundays. Uh, so I'm going to share with you now. <clears throat> One of the things that um, I know I've had to stop doing during this time um, is uh, one of my usual routines is to go to the jail on Mondays to visit the women. And I've been doing that for about six years now. And uh, Ironically, one of the things that I often would um, share when I was there to encourage them and um, to try to give them some things to reflect on as they were waiting out their time there um, was the significance of having an opportunity to be kind of withdrawn from life and uh, kind of uh, Jonah in the belly of the whale kind of experience where you can take time out um, and you're kind of forced to take time out uh, to sit and to reflect and to think about um, your life and your priorities and all of that. And I encourage them that that could be a really valuable time. So here we are now um, getting a, a little bit of a taste of what I was talking to them about. And and sometimes I would even refer to the fact that there's many people out there uh, keeping themselves very busy with lots of things that aren't getting the opportunity to sit and to reflect and to really consider their priorities and the direction of their life and ultimately, hopefully, um, their relationship with God. So um, who would have ever thought that we would have a time like this where that's exactly what we all, um, to some degree or another, um, are doing? And, uh, and that's where this time can be a real gift, um, as many of those women will confess. And sometimes you'll even hear them say, this is exactly what I needed. Um, I needed this opportunity because I was heading in a bad direction and I didn't know how to stop. And um, so I think for all of us, um, in different ways in our life, it's easy to be heading in a bad direction and not knowing how to stop and to make a change. And so I'm, I hope that everyone, you know, who is listening to this message um, is recognizing the ways in their life where that is happening and that that is a really good thing that can really make an impact in our life beyond this time of being separated and distanced. <clears throat> so one of the uh, stories that I often share, too, at the jail um, for the women there. Um, is a story that came to mind kind of early on in this social distancing time. And um, as uh, we were having to make changes in how we live, and uh, of course here in Iowa, we were never um, ordered to stay home. We were, we were asked to cooperatively choose to stay home as much as possible and to be socially distanced. Um, so as we were given that choice and that request, um, of course, many of us complied with that, you know, and chose to be cooperative. And then, of course, there was others who weren't cooperative. And it was just interesting to hear people express their frustration um, as they um, 
you know, saw that there were people who were not taking this seriously and uh, people who were not following the guidelines and doing as they were told. And you could just hear the exasperation and frustration. And as I was listening to that and reflecting on that, the the Bible story that came to mind was the story of the prodigal son, uh, which is found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. And, uh, And that story came to mind in the sense of, of course, in that story, Um, There is a father who has two sons, and um, the younger son asked to receive his inheritance early because he wanted to live the life that he felt would be a better life and that that money would make that possible. And uh, so the father obliged and gave him the money, and the son took the money and ran off and uh, lived the kind of life he dreamed of living only to end up squandering all the money and not having any money left and uh, having to come back uh, to his father to kind of throw himself on the father's mercy. And meanwhile, the older responsible son um, was faithfully working for his father all that time, doing the things that he was expected to do and being the responsible one. So as I was kind of witnessing this uh, frustration of the responsible ones. <laughs> it reminded me of that older brother and uh, just the frustration the older brother had when this younger brother comes home and not only does the father offer mercy to the son, but he, but he completely embraces him and receives him back fully as a full-fledged son and throws a party and puts a ring on his finger and a robe on him and just almost like honors him. And uh, the older son, when he gets wind of this, you know, as he's working out in the field, is outraged, you know, because when did the father throw a party for him? And look at him, he's so responsible. And look how irresponsible his younger brother is. So, Within the context of what we're going through right now, um, it kind of reminded me of, first of all, you know, God is always offering us the choice. He gives us direction. He, he offers us guidance. He gives us the truth um, and uh, invites us to that. But he never demands that, that we do those things. And... Um, and, and, you know, and so there's that freedom. And, and then the question is, why is the older brother so exasperated? You know, I mean, he's complied, he's done the right thing. Why is it that he has to have the younger brother's um, agreement in that? And, uh, you know, why does the younger brother have to do, have to do that? And, and why was he so displeased and so frustrated? And, um, and then, you know, the, the father's response to the older brother um, is what I've really been meditating since that. And the father's response to the older brother said, uh, the, said let me say it right. I was going to say it, but I don't want to say it wrong. <laughs> um, the father says to the older son, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. And... Um, In other words, um, you know, how have you lacked anything? 
you know, uh, you know, just because I throw a party because I'm so happy your brother's returned, it doesn't mean that your brother's gotten something you haven't received, you know. And and then the fact that he says, um, you know, you are always with me. So that's something that's really stood out to me because we often talk about how God is always with us, but the Father says, you are always with me. And so I kind of have been thinking about how, how is that really kind of a different um, way of expressing our relationship with God. And one of the things that God brought to mind uh, to me as I was really trying to grasp the significance of that twist of focus of us being with God, which of course in this story, the Father represents God, um, versus God being with us, I was reminded of how my mother, um, when we were younger, she would say, make sure you stay where you can see me. And, uh, <clears throat> and she always took a lot of pride in her wisdom in that and explained to us that if you can see me, that means I can see you. And, uh, and of course, we know it's a given that God is always with us, especially as believers. You know, we're, we're knowledgeable enough and aware enough and our faith informs us that God is always with us. But are we always with God? And uh, as I was thinking about that phrase that my mother would use, you know, make sure you stay where you can see me, there's a lot of advantages to that instruction you know, for one thing, um, as a child, I would need to look up regularly to make sure that I could see my mother in order to be faithful to be able to stay where she said I needed to stay. And as I would look up to my mother to see if I could see her, then that gave her an opportunity to give direction. You know, maybe she would wave me to come over to her, um, or maybe she would just give me a reassuring glance um, uh, that, that she sees me as well. Um, so there's that advantage of, of being able to gain instruction. Um, and uh, as, I, um, as I did that, it was a continual reminder, you know, that she was there. Um, as I gave my attention to her. So in addition, uh, therefore, to the, uh, um, the Father's expression that, um, that you are always with me, is he said, and everything I have is yours. And, uh, you know, this is a time when we definitely are asking ourselves, you know, where do we put our trust? You know, and, and what is it that God can do and will do on our behalf in our times of need? And, um, you know, I believe that one of the ways that we can fully access all the Father has is that we have to choose to be with him. You know, he's always there with us, but the ultimate invitation that the Father was giving to both of his sons in that story was for them to be with him, to want to be with him, to be satisfied in being with him. They both express levels of dissatisfaction in being with the father. You know, the younger son 
thought that it would be better to go away, you know, and the older son thought it'd be better if he got recognized and had a party uh, for all of his hard work. In fact, the scripture says, you know, all this time I've slaved away for you, uh, slaved away uh, in the fields for you, you know, so there's kind of a resentment about all that he's done uh, to serve his father. And uh, so both of them were really leaning in on other things other than their relationship with God, of finding joy in being with the Father and finding appreciation of having access to all the Father had um, and, and the Father's generosity in sharing all of that. And it's, it's hard to access and receive all that someone has for you um, when you've pulled away from the relationship, when you're not looking to them, you're not engaging with them, you know, and, and so it no doubt can hinder us receiving all that the Father has for us. So if we want to receive all the Father has for us, we have to position ourselves to being with the Father, to looking over to the Father, to know that if I can see him, then I know he can see me. And, you know, and there's a lot of different ways that we do that and, and just being still and knowing he is God and turning the eyes of our hearts uh, to looking to the Father, uh, to worshiping him in a variety of ways, of reading the word and meditating upon it, um, of just ultimately surrendering ourselves and knowing that God will speak into that. You know, of just yielding ourselves to him, putting our lives in his hands, of trusting ourselves to God um, so that he can direct us. He can give us that reassuring glance. He can give us that wave of direction. He can speak that revelation of truth into our lives um, that will... You know, it's just powerful to get that revelation God has for us on any front. There's so much that we need to know and learn and discover, you know, but every nugget of revelation is just feels so transforming and it just makes you hungry for more. And uh, this past week I was, uh, you know, one of the things I feel God has spoke to me during this time is the need to... Um, just enjoy his love. And, uh, you know, like all of us, we tend to be kind of the Marys and not, or the Marthas and not the Marys, you know, the, the Martha who was busy, busy, busy. Um, and that's just kind of the condition and reality of our society, it seems like, busy, busy, busy. And I feel like uh, God, I believe, has taken some level of delight in shutting us down. <laughs> it's kind of like enough. It is time to sit down and choose the better thing, like he told Martha that Mary had done, which is to sit and be still. And um, so as we're sitting and being still, I, I just feel God saying, you know, that he wants you to just enjoy the simple ways that he shows his love to you and to just really receive it. And um, so I was kind of drawn back last week um, in you know, the downtime, it gives you that opportunity to explore some things that you hadn't really done before. And uh, we got a Spotify subscription at the house. 
Um, and so on Spotify, you know, you can pick uh, different genres of music and things like that, and it just gives an endless playlist. And so I kind of went back to the 70s and 80s, you know, that was my childhood and youthful time. And I think that that's a pretty important time because I'm realizing, you know, that's the time where your heart is more open and um, you, you're, you, you're more open to dreaming about possibilities. You're more in touch with your heart's desires. And uh, so I kind of went back to that time and just um, was playing some 70s and 80s music. Um, and I think music is powerful, especially during that period of our time, uh, of our life, um, because we are in that place of being more dreamy and, and more uh, in touch with our desires. And sometimes music is a way that expresses some of those desires, maybe not expresses it well, but it does get into a touch of that. And so as I was listening to some of that music that I was very familiar with, because um, I loved music, and, and uh, uh, there was a song that came on there that I definitely really enjoyed when I was younger, and it was an Anne Murray song called, I Needed, um, You Needed Me, or is it I Needed You? I don't know. It's uh, you needed me, <laughs> and uh, and uh, that as that song started playing, I I remember all the words, and I and I remembered how much I really loved that song. I haven't heard it for years, but as the words were playing, I realized that I can now sing that song as a very real love song to my heavenly Father. And when I was younger, I sang it with a dreamy-eyed desire that there would be somebody that would care for me the way that song described. And now, in my 50s, after many years since I sang it that previous way, um, it was just a very powerful song to be able to express how God has been faithful to be that person for me, to be that one um, who, who I would change the words to wanted me versus needed me, um, that he wanted me, um, and that he's done all the things that that song describes in my life. And uh, so, so it was just an example of how, for me, during this time, God has taken that love song and, um, you know, wanted it to be, um, a gift to me to be able to express my heart to him. Kind of, once again, you know, you, I am with God. I, not he's with me. Um, because he's been with me, I can now be with him. And uh, so that, that song was like a, a reminder of the ways that God has faithfully been with me. And it's a privilege and it's an honor and it's a, a full circle when I can now be with him, that I can sing that song to him out of gratitude and thankfulness uh, for the ways he's faithfully been with me. So whoever's listening to this, you might be obviously in a lot of different places. Um, hopefully you can be where I'm at in some ways as far as recognizing the faithfulness of God in your life 
and the peace that it gives you during this time or even more difficult times, um, both now and in the future, uh, to have that reassurance that God is with you and you are with him. Um, but if you don't have that kind of relationship with God, you know, then the prodigal son is a great story to read because the father is always eagerly watching for his children to return. He's watching from afar for them to return to him in recognition that he is really what they need, that what, what you need is not out there somewhere. It's not out in shiny things or in other people or in any other thing. What you need is the love of the father. And, you know, when the son returned, the father had an incredible celebration because as he told his older responsible son, he said, how can I not celebrate? You know, your brother was lost and now he's found. You know, I have to celebrate this return. You've always been with me, you know, and that, that should be good. That should be a good thing. I mean, what more do you need to celebrate? Um, that's the greatest thing is to have always been able to be with the father. But this son of mine was dead and now he's alive, you know, and that's the heart of the father. He wants you to have that relationship with him. So at the end of this, um, as we uh, play that song, um, uh, you needed me, which I would just substitute wanted and needed. Um, uh, if God needs us, it's because he's created a need for us um, in creating us, uh, that he's wanted that relationship with us. Um, but just uh, pray that as you hear that song, it'll hopefully be an opportunity to, to sing that as a love song to the Father. Um, but if that isn't what your experience is yet in this life, then I pray that you will hear it as a description of what the Father wants to be to you. So let us pray. We just thank you so much, Father, for your great love for us. And we know that you want to help us to experience that love in deeper and greater ways. And this is such a great opportunity for such a time as this for us to experience your love and for us to not only experience you being with us, but for us to be with you, to have our eyes fixed on you. And we're reminded that Jesus said he only did what he saw his father doing. And so Jesus gave us that example of what it means to have that kind of relationship with the father, with you, father, and that you would be our father. And that Jesus even prayed that we would be one with you just as the son and the father are one. So we just uh, thank you so much, Father, for the Holy Spirit that guides and directs us into that intimate relationship with you. We pray, Father, that you will just continue to minister to the hearts of each and every one of us, uh, no matter what we're facing, whether we're just um, thankfully able to just be able to wait this out at home or whether somebody's actually sick and is, is facing um, uh, challenges with their health right now, or they've lost their job, or they're not sure where their finances are going to come from to meet their needs, Lord. We know all of us are in different places, and we just uh, know, Lord, that you're more than able to meet every need that we have 
Uh, so we just uh, pray that you'll just help us in our doubts, uh, help us in our fears. And we know that the reaction of the father to both of his sons was a reaction of mercy and grace, never of condemnation or judgment, but that your love towards us is tender and gentle and just always beckoning us to trust you more, uh, to receive all that you have and that all that you have is ours. So we just thank you, Father, for that incredible, incredible gift and what a privilege it is for us to know this. And we just pray for those who don't, Lord. Help us to be good messengers uh, to them about the great love that you have for them and just help their hearts to receive that, Lord. Um, pray that you'll soften hearts and just help each and every one of us to be good receivers of your love. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. I cried a tear You wiped it dry I was confused You cleared my mind I sold my soul You bought it back for me And held me up And gave me dignity Somehow you needed me You gave me strength To stand alone again To face the world Out on my own again You put me high Upon a pedestal So high I finally found someone who really cares You held my hand When it was cold When I was lost You took me home You gave me hope Oh 